is the number one commodity in the world that you can't get back once it's gone. Time. So I will keep this brief. I'm Mutita Panmuk, a time efficiency expert and a business operations strategist, who is as known as the Time Queen. Welcome to my Get Unstuck Radio. Running a business can be very overwhelming at times, especially in the first few years when you are required to wear the hats and do all the things. You started your company because you had a vision that almost every business owner has when they begin. You wanted freedom, true freedom. So you are in the right place to help you build and grow your business that support your lifestyle, not the other way around. Without further ado, let's get unstuck. Hey, get unstuck nation. So our guest today helps women start and scale their online business to seven figures. So Secret is an award-winning business coach, best-selling authors, international speakers, and also the host of the Secret Show podcast. So please welcome Secret to our Guest Unstuck podcast today. Hi, Secret. Hi, Mutita, and thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here today. Yeah, I'm trying to match you in red, but I didn't get as red as you because your branding is so red and so vibrant. I'm like, wow, I need to wear red today. Yeah, thank you for doing that. So, how how's your day going so far? Is it still cold over there? I'm currently in my home office in Iceland. I split my time between Iceland and Switzerland, fifty fifty, and yes, it is uh, around zero degrees Celsius, but there's snow everywhere still. <laughs> so in Thailand, we are about thirty to thirty four Celsius already. <laughs> so yeah, I know. I've been in Thailand. That's a completely different uh, temperature. <laughs> yeah, but I love Switzerland and Ireland anyway, so I have been there as well. So, but secret, how how did you get into this entrepreneur journey, though? How did this journey started? Well, there's a long version. There's a short version. I'll I'll try to pick a short oh, version time. here. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I was always interested in having my own business, and uh, my parents had a dry cleaning when I was small, uh, and I worked in the dry cleaning. When I was 10 years old already, helping uh, with anything that a 10 year old can do. And uh, it planted a seed in me to one day I would maybe have my own business. I just didn't know what that would be. Uh, I studied architecture originally, uh, and then I decided not to become an architect. Studying was fun, but I didn't enjoy working in the office. So I went on to computer science, studied computer science as well, and basically became a project manager in a software company. And uh, that's where I got very interested again in business. I had been studying many years architecture, and I forgot about my business idea or that I would one day maybe be in a business. And when I became a project manager in a software company, I was like, oh, this is fun here. I'm managing projects. I'm talking to clients. I'm selling. I never saw myself as a salesperson. I was, I, I didn't think I was good at it. I was already over 30 when I had to sell something to somebody. Uh, I had gotten this job at a software company and they just told me, you have to sell the software now. And I'm like, and I learned enough about the software. And then I went to a meeting and presented the software and I learned the hard way that you don't sell features, you sell benefits. Uh, so I learned how you do consulting sales and consulting sales is fun when you believe in the product and you want to help your client, uh, you can sell. 
And you also tell them if the product is not right for them and then they'll uh, trust you even more. Mm. So uh, one day I come to work in this software company and we find out that the company has been sold. This was a small software company and the owner was uh, someone who owned multiple companies. And I'm sure you've heard of stories like this. He's a guy that just had lots of companies. And one day he was pissed at the Icelandic government and decided to sell all his companies and move to the UK. Uh, <laughs> he just found some other rich guy. And almost like you, you go to the shop and you buy a bag of groceries. He just like, he sold all the companies to another. Take uh, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, take it. And the, the problem was uh, the company that I was in was the smallest. Oh. And so nobody cared to talk to us and tell us what was going on. Uh, but we found out gradually who had bought the company. And I started to get this crazy idea that I could become the CEO. Oh, As I said, it was a small software company, only 15 people. Uh, but I had no business education and no experience of running a business. And still there was this voice in my head that said, Sigrun, you could do this. It's a small company. You can learn it. You already know all the clients. You've been working here for a year. All the clients know you. You know all the projects. This can't be too hard to make a long story short. I did get the job because the new, owner, the new owner was so impressed that I had the guts to ask for it with no education wow. and no experience. He said, I like people like you. And he knew that I had no experience and no education. He gave the job to me. He did coach me. He became my first mentor. He's the one guy that I've learned the most from. He would call me on a Friday evening at 11 p.m. and said, did you pay salaries today? And I'm like, yes, I did. <laughs> it was uh, the best business school I've been to. Uh, I've also gone to a uh, business school later on in life, but this was, I was hands-on running a company, but I had someone that I could call to ask. He also had a bookkeeping company that could guide me on the financial side. It was an amazing um, experience. And there it confirmed my aspiration that maybe one day I would own a company like this. Uh, he even offered me to buy it. Um, oh. But then I was very scared because, you know, I didn't have any money to buy the company. I would have to take a loan. And I just felt like this was a big bite to chew. And I, you know, that was too risky for me. And uh, but I run the company. Uh, actually, it was uh, losing money. I didn't know that even when I took over. So I uh, my first task was to turn it around and make sure it was profitable. Then he invited me to run another company that was also in trouble. Uh, and uh, for several years, I worked for this guy and it was such a great experience. It was very, it was a lot of work. I was working into the evenings and weekends, but I want, don't want to exchange anything else for this experience. I was lucky to be single at the time. <laughs> so I had the time to work and also being young in my early 30s. Uh, but going through this experience definitely gave me the foundation for business uh, later on. and. Uh, Moving a little bit faster now, uh, 10 years ago, uh, I found myself uh, out of a job because the company I'd been running was sold. The guy didn't want to own it anymore. I told him to sell it because I saw the worth value of the company, you know, not going up as much as before. I said, the time is now to sell if you want to make the most money 
on your investment. And he took my advice. I didn't benefit at all from it, but uh, I did a good job for him. He sold the company. First, we got very friendly owners, and then they sold it again. And then I did get unfriendly owners. And what does unfriendly owners mean? They uh, wanted to tell me every day what to do, almost like I had free soda for my people. They said, we don't want to have free soda. I had free pizza on Wednesday. No more free pizza. And I said, you don't want the CEO. You want a puppet. And I said, no, 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 we don't want a puppet. I said, yes, you want a puppet. You don't want a CEO. You don't want a a woman who can think and run the business for you. You want to run this and you just want to tell me what to do. And I said, and then I let them fire me because they wanted a puppet. And I had been running the business successfully for many years. So I knew there was no reason to micromanage me. I was doing a good job. And in this situation, I am already in London studying, doing an MBA because I felt at some point I needed the business education. And uh, so I'm in between jobs. I don't see myself as being unemployed. Like I was just like, okay, I lost this job. I was on a six month notice period. So I was getting paid well. And I just decided to enjoy life and finish my MBA. I went to Tony Robbins and met my husband. I just found an empty seat and there was this charming guy. And we became friends. And uh, let me guess, like seven months later, I moved to Switzerland. Oh, is that a coincidence? Oh, everything happened for a reason. (laughs) Everything happens for a reason. I think it was good that I didn't have my job anymore. I had time to go to the Tony Robbins seminar. I was in London. You know, there's a lots of coincidences that needed to happen for me to sit next to this man. So I moved to Switzerland and I decided to get a job there. And I got a job. It took me months to find a job because I was a foreigner. Yeah, it's hard. I know, I know. It took me six months to find a job. And I got a job in a small medical technology company. And I was doing business plans and getting funding for projects. And I was interested, but it was not my passion. I came from software IT, online, uh, like uh, websites. I found that exciting. And medical technology is very slow. And I'm not a medical engineer myself. Like I'm an architect, but yeah, not an engineer. And but so the, 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 let's say the topic of the business was not so exciting, but I, I found it exciting to do these business plans and, 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 and start up new things and evaluate new things. But uh, I got sick. Uh, I got sick. I got neck pain and shoulder pain and ear pain uh, and headaches. And it started gradually. And when something gradually happens, you don't know it's happening really. And in hindsight, you look back and you say, oh, exactly. So a long time later, I found out that my desk was too high and the chair too low. And I'm not such a tall person. So I was lifting my arm just a little bit to be able to... Yeah, just lifting it a little bit to be able to use the mouse. And then I have maybe some preposition of, you know, we all have our own issues with, uh, you know, our uh, maybe have a little scoliosis. But that together, the combination of a bad work setup and me having my own back problems probably since I was a child, this together just uh, gets stuck in my neck. And uh, one day it was so bad. It, it started to be like headache on Friday, Thursday, Friday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It was very clear that it was work-related. 
but I didn't see it. And I took holiday and I thought, oh, I'll take three week holiday. I'll not work on my laptop and see if it goes away. When I came back to work, it was even worse. Uh, and it was so bad that the, it was like a pinching ear pain, like, like oh. and now uh, the headaches were just, and I took headache tablets. They didn't help at all. So I, I basically had to stop working. Uh, I was seven months sick. And uh, in the beginning, the doctor was like, oh, you just have muscle pain. And I'm like, this is something more because I've never shied away from working. Like, I'm rather workaholic than the opposite. Uh, and that, of course, is not helpful <laughs> when you have something like this. Uh, and I said to the doctor, I think this is something different. This is not a regular muscle pain. This is more. And uh, you, you love coincidences. I've noticed hmm? uh, you love coincidences, like nothing happens. There's no accident. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm tracking your story. I'm very into it right now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, doctors are not finding anything out. And I... I know in my heart that this is something more serious than muscle pain that you just need to massage. Uh, and they said, oh, you can go back to work after three weeks or six weeks and you can work 50%. And I was like, I think this is much more serious. And then a friend, a random friend from America uh, reaches out to me and said, Sigrun, should we have a Skype call? And I'm like, yeah, let's catch up. He was half Icelandic. I had met him by accident. We were like just Facebook friends, not really close at all. So I don't know why you want to have a Skype call with me. And then he asked, typical American, how are you? And you're supposed to say, I'm fine. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm feeling horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and then I tell him that I have this pain and the doctors don't know what it is. And he just looks at me. You have repetitive strain injury. It's a common strain. thing. Repetitive strain injury. Oh. It's called RSI. So uh, repetitive strain injury. And uh, I, I looked it up and I was like, yeah, he's right. And it often is a bad work setup. People who work very intensely, you know, like also long hours, people that work a lot of the computer and it can go so badly, it can turn you into an invalid. Like you can become disabled and then you're never able to work again. Oh. And this this led me to the next person. There was a guy who wanted to offer me a job. And I told him, uh, I can't work right now. I'm sick. And he said, what's wrong with you? Oh, they, someone's told me it's repetitive strain injury. And he said, well, I've got that too. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and he and his condition is so bad that he uses computer to type. He cannot use his hands anymore. Oh, Swiss so, people. Oh my gosh, I hate them. I'm not telling this story just to tell my story. I'm also telling this story as a warning to everyone who's excited about, you know, online business. Be careful. Make sure your work setup is correct. I immediately bought a height adjustable desk. I have a chair that I can go very low. So I always have a 90 degree on my arms. And then it's important to take breaks in the middle of the day. Well, we can have a whole health discussion on it. But basically, <laughs> being seven months at home on my sofa made me think about life. And I had been running other people's companies for 10 years successfully. I said, why shouldn't I be running my own? So um, I'd lost my job because I got sick. I did get another job, but it was not the correct one. So I lost it again. Uh, it's very interesting because I'm a very good worker. I'm always like the most favorite employee when people have had employed me, but I lost two jobs in two years. Uh, and that's also not the uh, 
coincident. You know, these were jobs that did not suit me. They were not my passion. And also I just was, obviously my mind was already thinking like, oh, I should start my own business. So I love it when people can just have a choice and start a business, but sometimes we don't do anything until we're forced to do it. And I was kind of forced. I went to the unemployment office and told them I've lost my job twice in two years. And now I'm finally coming to you. I had to swallow my pride. Can I go to the unemployment office? What are people going to think about me? Uh, But I'm like, hey, I have worked all my life. Let me ask for these benefits. I deserve them. I've paid for them. And they told me, "Uh, you have four master's degrees. You've been 10 years CEO, different industries, uh, IT, software, medical technology. You studied architecture originally. You are unemployable you should start your own business. And I'm like, that's a great idea. So the unemployment office paid for me to start my business. That is a good thing of Switzerland, you know. They have funding. That is so good. Yeah. If anyone don't know about Switzerland, they have funding for everything. If you if you reach out to them, even though they are so analog. <laughs> but they yeah, are... Switzerland, yeah. Yeah. Switzerland is not known for... It's not a socialist country. Actually, yeah. the opposite. You know, everybody kind of like uh, wants to think for themselves. And if you have a child, that's your problem. We're not going to help you take care of it. We are not going to make the kindergarten for free. It's so different from Iceland where everything is like we free. want people to have kids mm-hmm. and we're going to have the kindergarten very much subsidized. So you just have to pay $300 a month and the rest of the state will take over. Switzerland is not like that. So I was very surprised how well supported you are when you actually lose your job. Uh, and that the fact that they said, we'll pay, it, they didn't pay forever. They gave me extra four months where I did not have to look for a job and I could focus on kicking off the business. And I did that. It was a mess in the beginning. Uh, I had a business plan and then I did something completely different. But the thing is, suddenly I was there. Okay. The support from the unemployment office is over. I've got to figure this out. And sometimes we have a saying in Icelandic, a naked woman will learn how to spin, like spin wool. So I have found for me personally, and I don't necessarily wish this on other people at all, is that when I'm in the pickle, that's when I get creative and I'll figure it out. And that's pretty much how I started my business. It was, uh, I call it spaghetti marketing. I was all over the place in the beginning. I also thought I could do it all on my own. Because I was like, hmm, I've been 10 years CEO. I have four master's degrees. I have an MBA. And I'm like, I don't need any help with online business. So I just like, you know, I had, a, it was no clear strategy. I call it spaghetti marketing. It's a fantastic word for it. You just imagine you have cooked spaghetti and you throw it all around. Does something stick on the wall? Probably not. So that's pretty much how I felt in the first nine months of my online business. And then I finally invested in myself and then things started to roll. And I always say, if I needed to get help to get the right strategy and support, then everyone else needs, because I definitely had a lot of experience going into online business and it wasn't, I still needed help. Yeah, of course. But I loved your dedication and determination so much. Like, yeah, you stick to it at least. Like you really stick to your vision and your inspiration and you keep doing that until it happens. Other people would have given up already though. I think perseverance is one of the most important criteria of entrepreneurs, not to give up. And I'm I'm not saying that you should keep on going and let's say you uh, pursue something and then you pursue it and, and, and it doesn't work. Then of course you have to, 
correct course. Let's say if you think you have this ideal client, but this ideal client is not interested in you helping them, then of course you have to switch over. But it's more about keep on going and there is no failure. There are only lessons. You know, I love launching. Doesn't mean that every launch is super successful. I also have launches that don't work out and I'm a launch expert. There are just sometimes things out of your hands. I don't know, maybe your email system broke down or Facebook doesn't work one day, whatever. There might be things that you can't control, but you can always learn from it. Maybe next time you don't rely on the system or you have a backup or you do something else. Uh, to me, uh, failure is, is feedback. There is no failure. There's just lessons. And uh, perseverance is so important. I was puzzling last night with my mother. My mother is 78 and she wants to keep her brain fit. So she bought a puzzle with thousand pieces where you don't see what's in the puzzle. Do you know that one where you just see what people see? Uh, you don't get you don't get the picture of the puzzle. You have to figure it out. Oh, well, that's hard. That's going to be hard. It's very hard. It's very hard. And my, my mother is doing a great job. But uh, but then I get so excited because I'm also like, OK, I'm not a puzzle person. I never buy puzzles myself. But when she is puzzling, I'm like, we got to figure this out. I, I know where this puzzle must be. And, and so it's about this, like, not giving up. Like, when you have a thousand-piece puzzle, you're going to finish it one day if you don't give up. And to me, business or anything in life is a similar. If you don't give up, eventually it's going to work out. Whether it's writing a book or creating a course or getting your first 10 clients, if you just decide you're not going to give up, you eventually will make it. It will maybe take a little bit longer than you thought it would, but you can make it. What, is, what was the business that you created then since you started? So because I had been running a website company before, a software company where we created websites for people, um, I the only way for me to scale that business, because I had a boss who wanted the business to be valued more, have more revenue, more EBITDA, um, I could, the only way for me to grow was to hire more programmers. We had enough demand. There was enough websites to be created. Everybody needed a website. And the only way to grow the business was more programmers. And I decided back then, not knowing that I would ever have my own business, that I would not have a business like that, mm. that would count on me hiring more people. So I came into my business that I want to scale up. But uh, yeah, in the beginning, what did I pick as a business? That was a struggle in my head. Uh, mm -hmm. I was like, oh, should I write books? Should I be a photographer? If you know the book, The Alchemist, uh, there is a boy looking for treasure all around the world and ends up finding the treasure in his backyard. I think often the things we're meant to do, they are right there. And we just avoid seeing them in the beginning. And that was me. Becoming a business coach was very natural. I had been running business for 10 years and I'd been writing business plans. I'd been turning businesses around that were involved in startups. I just didn't want to do it in the beginning. I was like, ah, business coaches, isn't these lame people that nobody likes? And everybody's a coach nowadays and they have no education. They have no experience and they just one day decide to call themselves business coach. I don't want to be one of those. But hey, then I'm just the rare breed of those who actually have the experience and the education. And uh, I accepted my fate <laughs> that uh, I'm a business coach. Um, but I wanted to build a coaching company where it's not just me that people get. They get, a, they get a, many coaches. 
Uh, but it took me years to build that up. Uh, in the beginning, I was just doing one-on-one like everybody else. And then I moved to the group coaching program and then courses. Now I've been doing this for 10 years. And now I have uh, 18 people on my team. Mm -hmm. uh, we are six people full-time and there are 12 part-time. And, and some are in very small roles, uh, but it's lots of people to manage. And this is how I can continuously scale the programs. I can have a group coaching program with 100 people. I can have an online course that I'm running with over 500 people in it. And I just hire more people to manage, uh, to answer questions. But my time, I, I work less. The longer I'm in business, I work less. And that's, that's, that's exactly what I envisioned, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago when I was thinking about this. You can run a business that where the revenue grows, uh, without you working necessarily more hours. You work more hours in the beginning to create it, to create this machine. Uh, when I didn't hire any people, of course I had to work more hours, but as soon as I was able to delegate and learned how to do this in online business, which is different from offline, I had only always had offline teams, remote teams are definitely different. Uh, and and, and uh, finding people that also kind of are committed a lot of people are trying to be entrepreneurs themselves and they go and join another entrepreneur and then they leave quickly after one or two years. So it's also taking time to create a team that is willing to stay and be longer and be a part of this uh, movement. Mm. So what do you think would be the most important thing for someone to start the, the course or coaching business then? So uh, all of the people that I help today are, are uh, creating courses. So that's my true passion. Don't sell your time, sell value. And I think it's important not to, you can actually skip the one-on-one. -on -one. You can come straight, straight to courses. The, the, the most important thing is first to start to think about a scalable course. A lot of people go to group coaching programs and get stuck there. So they go from one-on-one -on -one, to groups and they have relatively small groups, maybe six people, eight people. And I want to challenge that thought and say, why don't you have 12 people or 18? And then a truly scalable program is when you have created a program that is so good, you can still deliver amazing quality and you can have 100 people in there and you don't have to work more. Think about it this way. If you have a module coming out on Monday and then you have on Thursday a Q&A call for an hour, if you have 10 people or 100 people, the Q&A call is just still just an hour. You're not going to have it 10 hours because you have 10 times more people. That's crazy. Nobody's going to join a 10-hour Q&A call. The questions are the same. It doesn't matter if I have 10 people or 100, I get the same questions. What the only thing everybody has to learn is like, okay, I don't have to personally ask a question to get a personal answer. I can look at what other people are asking and use their answers for me. So it's also that the students learn to deal with being in a scalable program. But in order to make sure that everybody's question get answered, I have also found another way. These are people who are not on my team. They are not part of the 18 people. I hire students. So if someone goes through my program, they have the opportunity the next year uh, as an alumni to come back and be a mentor. We call them student mentors. And I'm currently running a program with over 500 students and I have 15 mentors. So I have 15 students that did the program last year or year before or the year before. Uh, I have a lot of people that come back again and again. They love doing this. Uh, and then I also have a few new ones. And that's how I ensure that even though you scale, 
that you keep very high quality because one of my mantras is I want to help people finish. I think that's probably uh, when we were talking before you started to record, like what's the differentiation? There's probably a lot of people teaching other people how to create courses and scale online. We have a 90% completion rate. Wow. That's so high. That's very mm-hmm. high. 90%. Yes. So if you sign up, I will make sure you finish. And it's within the timeline that you make yes. them? Yes, within the timeline. Not, wow. They're not allowed to finish later. Yeah. Wow. Again. Wow. That, <laughs> it's, uh, I'm really proud of this. It's, uh, I changed the way I teach in 2018 because I realized I was probably teaching like everybody else and they have a 10% completion rate. And I want people to feel like if I join a program with Sigron, I will finish, which means you will have a course finished. You will have people on your email list. You will have done all these things. And we have a certificate, you know, graduation certificate we send to people. And uh, yes, there are people who go through. I've had people, uh, not people, a woman, obviously, uh, go into labor and have the child and still finish. Oh my gosh. I had people go through a divorce, still finish on time. I have people move country, they still finish on time. There is something about the energy in the program too that people want to finish. Like they, they just don't want to, it's like a class, you know, we're all in it together and everybody's going to finish. That's so cool. So your program has like a pre-recorded or it's like implementation program? It's an implementation program. The lessons that I teach, because I created this program 2018 and I uh, re-record the lessons every two, three years. This year I'm re-recording everything because of AI. We have AI tools and software and we have our own software now also to make it even easier for our students. And uh, so they are pre-recorded, the lessons with me. I record them on a Sunday and they're released on Monday, so they're almost live. (laughs) But we have co-workings on Tuesdays, tech call on Wednesday, coaching call on Thursday. So there is almost every day something happening to help our students finish. And 90%, that's very high. Oh, I'm very impressed. 90%. 90%. It's very high, everyone. It's very high. Because most of the, I mean, as I have heard, uh, most of the coaching program, usually everyone buy and then not really watch any videos, right? You have heard that statistic. So yeah, that's the difference. 10-15% normally, yes. Yeah. 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 Wow. 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 Again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are very proud. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. So what do you think that uh, people should start for success then? Since you're able to build this program for 90% success rate, if someone wants to build an online business and also have intention for success, what is the key things that they should have in their mind? Well, you just said it. Mindset. Uh, when I when people come to me and they said, what do I need to have? I said, you don't need an email list. You don't need a website. You don't need, but your head needs to be screwed on for success. And we do mindset training too in my programs. Well, what are the key criteria? Is, I mentioned it already, perseverance, not giving up. There is always a way. And even if you kind of like, let's say you're trying to do something technical and it just doesn't work and you And then I tell people, watch the video again, watch slowly. All the instructions are there. 
But when you have something new, you miss a step. And and it's okay. There, there's not it's nothing wrong with you. It's just because it's new to you. So it's perseverance. It's realizing this is not you. There's nothing wrong with you. It's just like because it's new, you have to take it slowly. You have to maybe watch a video two, three times or ask a question two, three times. But it's okay. As long as you can keep it in your mind that there is a solution. There is always a way. Where there's a will, there's a way. Mm. So that's the first thing. Also, the, the way you talk to yourself, if you constantly say, I'm stuck, I'm lost, you know, and you, 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 you start to kind of throw these bad words and you say this, I am, you know, your mind starts to think that you are, whereas you are not lost, is that, or confused or stuck. It's more like, I don't know how to do this yet. Can you tell me how to do this? I have searched Google or whatever. Like you've tried and you didn't figure it out, but it doesn't mean you're lost. That's a big, that's a big thing. Are you like lost in life or you just couldn't figure out this one little thing? And so it's important that you talk to yourself the right way. And I'm very clear on this. If someone says in my program, I'm stuck, I'm confused, I'm lost. I'm like, no, you're not stuck. You just don't know how to do this yet. So I I train people that they talk differently to themselves. Again, it's in your head. Uh, Positive mindset, you know, things can go wrong. Uh, We introduced a software. There was a lot of things that, you know, we didn't anticipate that people would ask about. And we're like, oh, and then my team creates a tutorial the same day. You know, because we didn't realize people would ask about it. So they created a tutorial. Having the mindset of like forgiving, forgiveness to people or, or like, uh, I don't know, tolerance or just positivity and optimism and said, you're not being like, oh, why wasn't there a tutorial on this already? Uh, and instead of saying, hey, we've created a tutorial for you. And then there are some people that are so grateful. Wow, they created a tutorial for us. Whereas others who are not having the entrepreneurial mindset yet, are like frustrated about every little thing that is not exactly the way they want. And that's not how you can build a business. You know, the world is just not smooth. I'm curious. I'm curious. For 90% success rate, do you filter your clients? Who is going to be your clients? Why I have to whisper, I don't know. But (laughs) I really want to know. Because if they are not a good fit, can you change them? Like 90% success rate is high. It's very high. Yeah, we, yeah, we have to, we have to, of course, say, when I say 90% completion rate and you say 90% success rate, oh, we have to also work. figure out what that does that mean. Oh, 90% completion rate is that they complete the program. They did all the steps. I cannot guarantee that they make six figures. Like that's, that can take longer time our program is only 12 weeks but completion rate means that they finish they did all the steps they have a course they have an email list you know they have done everything that we wanted them to do and they have a scalable business setup now these people need to move on and learn how to really do a launch or how to evergreen their program that's the next step I have another program for that. Mm. But the key is that they have the foundation for scalable business. And that's that's what we are calculating. The completion rate on the steps of the program. Foundation. Nobody can guarantee, uh, let's say, if I promised uh, that everybody will make six figures. That would be crazy. That would be very irresponsible of me. I cannot guarantee that people do it. But I can get you to do the work. So at least uh, you have a finished course. You have an email list. You have 
ideal clients ready to buy from you now, it's important to move on and continue building your business, continue investing in yourself. But do we filter the people who get in? In a way, yeah, maybe. I am very, like, you can imagine I have a very intense program. You know, I have a module on Monday, co-working, tech calls, coaching calls. Like, this is no joke. Uh, it's like a business school. Uh, I also call it Samba, Sigrun's Online MBA. So, Oh, that is where it come from. Okay. Uh, because... I did an MBA myself and I didn't learn anything about online business. Um, so I am build, helping you build a foundation for your online business with my online MBA. Uh, I just call it Samba Kickstart because it's the kickstart. It picks you off. You can be an absolute beginner. We also have people joining who are making six figures, but they don't have a thriving online business yet. So they need this kickoff. Do we filter? Back to your question. When I sell this program, I do 12 days of masterclasses. 12 days? 12 days of masterclasses. And it's typically people who show up every single day for 12 days that buy. So in a way, that is a filter. And you do that once a year? Once a year. And if you don't have the stamina or the interest or the passion or the ambition to show up every day for 12 days to learn about online business, you're probably not going to buy. So in a way, my launch training is a filter because it's intense. It's lots of masterclasses and, you know, lots of times. And we send uh, four emails a day. We send you a reminder email in the morning that the masterclass is starting. We send you a replay in the afternoon. like, uh, And we have 30% open rate on our emails during this period. That's Which so means high. <laughs> we attract people who are truly interested. Uh, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting way to filter. Good it's one. intense. Yeah. Good for you that you find the right way to marketing yes. like that. Yeah, it's amazing. So I bet everyone wants to know then, like, how can they build business like you? Where, where can they start? Where can they reach out to you in case they want to work with you then? Well... Lucky for anyone who's interested after this interview to know more, I wrote a book called Kickstart Your Online Business, and it describes the process in my program. Now, obviously, a book will never replace a program. We know that. That's two different things. There's no coaching calls or co-working or tech calls in the book. But if you're interested about the process of creating your first or next online course and how to start to make sales online, uh, I'm giving the book away for free because you're a listener of this amazing podcast. Oh, thank you very much. Where can they get that? So it's sigrun.com forward slash get unstuck podcast. So we'll make sure that you see it somewhere around here. Okay, everyone, it will be put around here as well as in the description and the show note. It's free. So don't forget to grab it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Oh, this is amazing. And I think you, you give me a lot of encouragement to to improve the completion rate. Like that is the word. Completion rate and open rate. I get these two words and I, I get your numbers and I'm like, wow, this is inspiring. Such an inspiring. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Motita. So have a great day ahead, Sikun. And anyone, if you're listening to here and to now, this book is going to change your life, basically, especially in the online world. So don't forget to grab that. And it will be in the show notes, in description, or somewhere around here on this screen. So have a great day, everyone, and see you in the next episode. 
hope this episode inspires you to get unstuck wherever you are in your journey so that you can have your business that supports your lifestyle. Get a show note at helpyougetunstuck.com today. Start implementing what you have learned. The results of your consistent effort and improvement are worth it because you deserve the freedom to enjoy your life. Speak to you next time and don't forget to get unstuck.